Got time for a quick story. Music of Queen sure seems to be getting more popular in the United States over the past few years, especially since the release of the movie Bohemian Rhapsody. I mean, they've always had hits, but the level of popularity of the band has now ascended to the point where it seems like they're almost on a tier below, like the Beatles, Rolling Stones. You're looking at bands. Queen might be getting up there now where you so much as say the band's name and people are like, oh, yeah, this song, this song, this song, this song. There was a long stretch, I would say, in the 80s, especially as the 80s went on, that Queen was kind of popular in the U.S., had some of the hits were still sticking around, like We Are the Champions and such, but they weren't as popular as in other parts of the world. But time has gone along, that's changed. So why is that happening? Well, a good way to find out would be talking to someone who plays the music of Queen on a regular basis. For a living, really. Patrick Myers is the front man for Killer Queen. Coming to my hometown, Eau Claire. And well, if someone's going to know a thing or two about Queen, it's going to be someone who essentially embodies Freddie Mercury. My latest edition of the Got Time for a Quick Story podcast, an interview with Patrick Myers, the front man for Killer Queen. We're talking today to Patrick Myers, frontman and killer queen. They're going to be in Eau Claire on March 30th. That's a Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. show, Pablo Center at the Confluence. As I was watching the the video, the kind of the, the promotional video for Killer Queen, seeing all the aspects of the show, just kind of the kind of the 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 bite-sized appetizer, if you will, of of Killer Queen. Start with the very beginning. What made you get into the group in the first place when you were younger? Ah, well, I was a kid, I just left home, um, and I founded the band, really. Um, we, 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 we sort of began before there were tributes, so there wasn't like a tribute scene that we were joining. Uh, we kind of forged a tribute scene, um, along with everyone else at the same time. Um, but ours was primarily because we just left home, we just got into a halls, a halls of residence there for college, and um, we got the news that Freddie had died, and we were all in total shock, because this was pre-internet so this this hadn't been trailed unless you'd read the sort of the national Enquirer kind of papers and that kind of thing um you wouldn't have known um and i was a queen fan i've been a queen fan since i was about 13 or 14 and just was heartbroken that he'd had that he'd gone through this that he was no longer with us and then for selfish things like that's it you're not going to see them tour and for the rest of the band as well it was just, it was just mind-blowingly awful devastating news and because we were, we didn't really know each other in the halls of residence. We were getting to know each other. We got to know each other through singing Queen songs, um, and you know, people would be playing Queen songs at all hours, and 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 we'd, I'd be singing them up and down the corridors. I was like, taking my laundry up and down from the laundry room. There's a piano there, so we'd all meet in the laundry room and just sing and play Queen songs together. And it was that organic. Um, then it changed. Then I thought, hang on, no, I can, I can do something. This is let's do a concert because none of us had seen Queen. We're all too young to have seen Queen. Just. You know, if we'd have been a couple of years, three years older, we'd have had the independence to go down to London and see them or whenever they were playing. And, and uh, we hadn't. So we thought, we'll, 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 we'll form a band. We can do this. And um, I was doing studying drama at the time. I'd studied dance before that, and I'd studied acting. So I had some kind of self-confidence, um, but also a lot of naivety. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize how difficult that was going to be. Right. <laughs> but yeah. when, you're, when you're that young, you just go, I don't care. I'm going to do this. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I charged forth in in a fit of sort of naive uh, enthusiasm and stupidity in equal measure, and 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 um, anyway, the enthusiasm won, thankfully, um, and we we managed to do a big show. Um, 
our first ever show was in front of um, a thousand people and, and some crazy situation. They, they'd lost their entertainment license. They could only put on a student band. So they thought, hey, there's this guy who's put together this crazy Queen tribute. Let's, you know, the, and there hadn't been a Queen tribute before. This was really hot stuff, you know. <laughs> so they put us on and we headlined and we did this show and it just took off. And we went from having no shows and we were a last minute booking. We went from having no shows at all and no idea of how to get a show to suddenly having one show and then suddenly two weeks later having a whole tour booked and then a few weeks, months down the line, we, we were in the West End, which is like Broadway. Mm-hmm. Um, it went that quickly. So, um, and, and the reactions from the audience, from the word go, literally from that very first concert were electric because that music is dynamite. Right. It, it, it sets a room on fire, that stuff. It's incendiary. It, it's uh, it's uh, great fun to play, great fun to perform. And, and, and a delight to be with an audience that wants to share it so much, you know? One of the things that has fascinated me about the fandom of Queen living in the States, growing up in the States, is that... Yeah. It, I mean, they, Queen had their hits, obviously, but seemed to tail off, and I was, I was a kid just getting into music in the 80s, so as I'm, as I'm becoming, mm. becoming aware, Queen's not having hits anymore in the 80s in the United States. They are in the UK, they're not in the US... The Freddie Mercury yeah, passing. Yeah, they're having hits. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, and and then Wayne's World as well. Before, just before that happened, Wayne's World suddenly sort of made everyone go. There were some. There were some rallying points for Queen. Um, in as much as Live Aid, everyone went, "Wow, mm-hmm. Queen are amazing!" But uh, right. and and Queen and and it became the focus points. But uh, yeah, but in America there was this, there was a whole thing that went on that to do with radio play and and Freddie's accessibility with interviews. And it was, who knows what it was? I don't really know. You can sort of get a sense of it from the film, but it was a complicated thing. Um, and, and I think Queen were of, of a mind that let's not go back and play the smaller venues. We go back and play the bigger venues. And if we wait long enough, this will happen because the quality of what we're doing, the quality of what Queen was producing didn't dip. If anything, it got bigger and bigger. I mean, the stuff on the Works album was amazing. Hard Life Radio, Radio Gaga is an enormous, mm-hmm. enormously fantastic track, um, and everything you know, and, and 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 Hammer to Fall, and and then later on with I Want It All, and and Akana Magic is a, is a great uh, is a great pop track as well as you know um, Who Wants to Live Forever. I mean, they were producing dynamite stuff, but um, so they they figured, look, it's not like. We're, we're a busted flush. We're creatively as strong as we ever were, but America needs to be reminded of that. And at some point, America will wake up to that. And well, when they wake up to it, we'll go back and play the arenas. And of course, then Freddie got ill and it wasn't possible. Um, but yes, it did happen. And, but what happens when, when, when someone, you know, the focal point of any band dies, is everyone turns around and realizes, don't it always seem to go, you don't know what you got till it's gone, you know? Um, right. And that's, and I think America collectively went. Why weren't we paying attention to Queen all this time? They've been doing nothing but gold. This is beautiful. And poor, poor, poor man, Freddie Mercury, having to go through that, and then no longer with us. We don't have this, this enormous, generous, creative fire, you know, anymore. He's gone. Um, and 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 so let's celebrate his legacy. Let's celebrate his music. Well, and it also, so, yeah. It, oh, go ahead. No, 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 no. You carry. Yeah, on. yeah. It. Uh, um... Well, the, there was like a second wave too, and again, you tell me having having I, I know a lot of your tour dates have been overseas, especially in the UK. But I wonder if you noticed the same thing that I did about three years ago. Bohemian Rhapsody comes out, mm. and there seemed to be like there was again that first wave when the passing happened. Wayne's World came out at the same time; it was coincidental. But yes, yeah, suddenly there's this 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 first reminder. But then it seemed as though around 2018, here in the mm. United States. 
there was this finally this collective acceptance of oh my gosh they're as amazing as everyone else has thought and it seems as though queen has kind of moved up a notch into like another level of the rock pantheon. Have you noticed that with American mm. crowds, that maybe it was the movie, maybe it was songs like Don't Stop Me Now, something get, getting used in commercials. Something seemed yeah. to change in the past few years. What what have you noticed? I think you're right with a song like Don't Stop Me Now. I think I think all of the things you said are right there, but Don't Stop Me Now has, has got this curious sort of afterlife um, because it wasn't a huge hit, even in the UK. It was one of their, oh, great, another another cool one from Queen, you know. And then they really slayed us all with things, you know, like Crazy Home for Love and Save Me and all that sort of stuff a bit later on. But this was, it was another fantastic Freddie song. Um, but um, it subsequently, it's second life after that. It's become this, you know, it's, it's the perfect song for putting your glad rags on and, and getting ready to go out and hit the town, you know. And it's got such effervescence and simple, pure fun to it. Um such sort of like it's, it's sort of burning optimism and 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 and, and excitement of just the simple thing of going out and having a laugh you know? right. so it's 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 so simple in terms of it's 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 it's, it's, it's where it's going where it comes from and where, where it goes to it's 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 a delight and so it's grown into this fantastic party track um and yeah it's been you know uh synced up in loads of adverts and, and i think great i think it should do i think it's an amazing amazing song um I think you're right about the film. The film absolutely, totally uh, made Queen front and centre again in America. Um, and, and it made everyone realise the story behind... I think a lot of people kind of know the story behind some bands. I mean, there's, you know, there's a lot of stuff about the Beatles, you know, and they, they, their cabin days and then they, the Ed Sullivan show and all that sort of stuff. And Queen needed that, I think. Um, Queen needed something that sort of coalesced those that you know that their, their origins story you know and freddie's story and and to make it in a way that was accessible um because queen have always queen have always spoken to a lot of generations you know there's the diehard queen fans that have been around for decades there's the new fans and there's, they've always somehow managed to welcome in the new fans they've always been really good at that in terms of how they pitch their videos how they how they you know uh, adapted and, and sculpted their styles to 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 sort of be redolent of their earlier work but also fresh and new um so, uh, yeah, they were always great at that. I mean, that was one of their, their major, major, major sort of genius strokes was, was keeping that going. And, they, and they've managed to do it. And they, the, the way that they pitched that film and casting the, the band the, the way they did, so amazing. I mean, Rami was fantastic as Freddie. He let everyone into his, Freddie's emotional world. Freddie wasn't this remote, aloof figure that people seem to regard him as sometimes. You know, they, you know Fra- Rami really let everyone see the beating heart of the man, you know, and, and, and empathize with what he was going through and the pressure he was under. And, and 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 his life and how he tried to make sense of his life as he went through it, um, and the band around him, you know, became this 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 core family of his, um, or at the same time as producing this amazing work. Um, so yeah, I think it was amazing, and we certainly noticed that with the audiences that were that were piling through the doors um, in 2019, um, especially. You know, um, you'd see young kids front row uh, it was the kids bringing their parents to the show rather than the parents bringing the kids to the show mm. that was the difference okay. and it was such a difference yeah wow um, and great great fantastic what you and you kind of alluded to it in terms of the marketing the branding if you will to this day of of the band and of course i mean of course it's primarily brian may and, and roger taylor at this point but still how they've sure. all now they've nursed queen to this day to still be a big deal why 
or what is the essence of the band and why did they establish themselves in that pantheon even beyond just how like American popularity has has evolved just looking at the core of their music their image all of that having performed their music for so long now what what would yeah. you say is the thing that makes them so important to pop rock music I think anything with to do with that starts with the songs um, um, but it's not just the songs it's 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 uh, the songs I, I, I would say that the, the bedrock of everything I mean that's self-evident you know it's um, the, the quality of their songwriting never allied itself wholly to one particular genre of rock they 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 hopped around on just on an album they'd hop around from genre to genre they sort of invented thrash metal with stone cold crazy you know um some people to this day think it's a metallica cover you know queen 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 some bands would take a song like stone cold crazy and that would be the whole album it'd be different versions of that kind of song and then cut to the heavy harsh dynamic of a vocal and then the band comes in again you know um so, you know, that would be that would be like a whole album for a band. And Queen just did that as a, yeah, we do that as well. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and they did a million other songs right beside it that were equally groundbreaking and extraordinary. So, um, you know, I think that that dexterity they had with Styles meant that when they, you couldn't put them in a box. And everybody loves putting a band in a box. You know, they want to say Alice Cooper's like this, you know. And the, the, the artists that really survived the test of time, people like Queen, people like the Beatles, people like Bowie, um, they 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 refused to arrive gift boxed they will let you find them in an entirely new environment again and again and again and rediscover them and go oh god so you become you know you you follow, you become a real follower of the band because you you're desperate to see what they do next next rather than desperate to see them repeat what they did last you know mm-hmm. um and queen were amazing at that but also they realized the you know the, the enormous power of video um, it's you know sometimes people say oh Bohemian Rhapsody was the first ever video clearly it wasn't because you've got thousands of promo clips you know that predate that but what it did was it it, it suddenly it was you know there was you know the amazing Penny Lane and Strawberry Fields promo clips they were groundbreaking too mm-hmm. but in a way they didn't get they didn't herald um, a change in the industry they were just something that the Beatles was doing and it was convenient for them because that means they wouldn't have to tour you know. And, and Queen did their video to Bean Rhapsody for the same reason. They couldn't do the big show over here called Top of the Pops. They they had they were on tour, so here's your video, you know, Top of the Pops. And they also didn't like doing Top of the Pops that much, you know, because it was tiny, tiny stages and it was a compromise. So let's not have any compromise with a single that was all about no compromise. Let's have a video that goes with it. And it changed the industry overnight, but it meant that Queen became immortal. And Queen have also had, you know, because so much of their stuff, so much of their amazing tracks um, have got fantastic videos. So all those songs that you say that, you know, dipped for you in the 80s, um, they, they, they don't have to have been a hit now um, at the time. Uh, you can, you can uh, America and uh, every 10-year-old and 12-year-old and 15-year-old and 20-year-old and 30-year-old can all enjoy the video to I Want to Break Free now. Mm-hmm. They can all enjoy the amazing video to Radio Gaga now because those videos are timeless. So in a way, they've sort of beaten time. You know, whereas a band had to have the hit at the time or else they're not going to be hits. Now, with YouTube and the way that the world has gone, you know, people are discovering Queen and absorbing every one of their hits, whether they were a hit in the territory or not. 
So we'll play songs like Radio Gaga and they'll bring the house down in America, whereas that would have been an obscure song, potentially, you know, um, mm -hmm. at a different stage of their career. Yeah. You know, simply because it didn't chart at the time. It didn't get that glorious little window of fame of, of, of hitting the billboard, you know. Um, so everything's got a lot more egalitarian, you know, and, 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 and all you need now is, um, I say all you need, it's hard to do, but, you know, something like a film like Bohemian Rhapsody that turns that spotlight so firmly on Queen and just lets the whole world, and it's so beautifully distributed, they had a really, they did it, they did it so well and it was so beautifully cast. I mean, the guy playing Brian was Brian. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, in that film. He was a, yes. um, uh, Lee, I think he was called. Um, so uh, he's, uh, he's just amazing. I've seen him in other stuff as well. He's a great actor. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 all it t takes is something like that for everyone to go, okay, yeah, Queen, Queen, give me more Queen. We want more Queen. Um, and then, you know, everyone can suddenly dial up those videos that weren't ahead at the time, but, but, but are so fantastic now. And the great performance videos like Hammer to Fall, where you've got uh, Forest National Stadium and stuff, which we've played as well. We've been lucky enough to play. Um, and, and just watch what, what sort of masters of their craft they were. But they hit the ground running. Queen were amazing. I mean, they, 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 you listen to an album like Queen 2, um, you know, they, they had all the ingredients and the song, and you know, a lot of the, the songwriting elements that they later incorporated in things like the March of the Black Queen and stuff, you can hear Bohemian Rhapsody waiting to be born from that song in terms of some of the cadences and some of the riffs that they've got in there. Um, there was so much potential and so much, uh, they were so good at realizing what they had very, very quickly and then working out the best way of making sure that everybody could get a chance to see that. In a way, the press couldn't keep up with them. So the press would turn on them now and again because the press were going, well, we want to call you this. And journalists can be a bit lazy sometimes, you know, they just sort of reach in the drawer about what everyone said about them last time and then just say it again, you know. Right. Um, and I think Queen, Queen were, 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 were hard to bottle. You couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't pin them down, you know, and they, was, they had so much to offer that, that I, don't, I, I think they took journalism by surprise a lot of the time throughout their career, not just early on, you know. Um, and it takes, it takes something to reframe and let everyone stop and smell the roses for everyone to go, hang on a minute, forget what anyone wrote at the time. This stuff is extraordinary work. This stuff is amazing. And this band is, is one of the most, it's not just they've achieved more in the pantheon of rock. I go more than that. I think they are the pantheon of rock. I think that this, their, their work is extraordinary. A song like We Will Rock You, um, it, it almost, it feels like it could, you know, you know if you're going to have um, Arthur C. Clarke's 2001, you know, you could you could take out the the spoke Barastuz or whatever and put We Were Rock You in there with a guy with smashing the rock on there. <laughs> you know, you know, and it would work just as well. Do you know what? It's that primeval, right. you know? Um, so I think Queen are rock and roll. I think they are, and they are, they're also musical theatre and they're also ballads. They, 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 brought, they, they, they brought such a range of emotion to music um, that took it away from, lyrically, you know, uh, a song like Who Wants to Live Forever is extraordinary. And a valedictory song like The Show Must Go On and All, All the Days of Our Lives is so mature and so moving um, that, that, that I think if you swung a spotlight onto Queen uh, in the way that that film did and the, and the music wasn't there, the, the generation, it, it would, it, the spotlight would just move on to something else. What, what, it, it, these things like the musical We Were Rock You and things like Being Rhapsody the film 
and, and any other device they can think of, and let, long may they continue to think of different things, it throws a spotlight onto the extraordinary songs. So I say it again, you know, it comes back to those songs because that attention would just wither and, and, and vanish if the, the, the kids today would sort of like look at what was there and go, yeah, so what? And they don't. The kids today look at what's there and go, this is, this, this is the best stuff I've heard. This is amazing. I want to hear more of this. This band's extraordinary, mm-hmm. you know? So that, that their legacy is their music. Um, and any device that gets people switched on to that music, um, I applaud, you know, and particularly as it's done so well, and it, it, you know, it makes their personalities become part of that legend, which I guess it has to, if you're going to enter into realms of folklore, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and that kind of vibe. Um, you, you need to have a, a good storytelling uh, mechanism to do that, and I think they've got that with, with being Rhapsody. Now, speaking of legend, if you, if you really think about it, and I was just thinking about this a, a, yeah. a, a bit earlier, there are not too many pop rock performers where their performing style is immediately identifiable just by looking at a photo of them. Yeah. The, and the Freddie Mercury silhouette, the 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 fist, the held up microphone, the, the, there's yeah. like probably two or three poses, but they're ones everyone knows. And you, and no, like I said, there's yeah. not too many others you can say that about. You actually have to see a photo of them, even silhouetted. It would, that wouldn't work. So you're channeling them. I mean, you're, you're, I mean, that's a pretty big obligation to nail Freddie Mercury's persona. So having done that for so long... How is there is there a certain aspect of his style that the layperson, even a Queen fan, wouldn't understand? But you gotta get it just right to properly channel that onstage persona. Uh, I t- there are lots of elements to, um, to, to, to to that you bring to performance. You know, um, there's 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 an element of sort of studying what he did, seeing what he did. But you've got to you've got to also look at the impetus of when you see particularly live stuff, but also videos, you know, he's, you, you, you can see, you know, a lot of improvisational quality in what Freddie does uh, and did. Um, it, it, he's just, he's very open to uh, the music uh, and, 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 and embodies the dynamic of it with his whole body. You know, he'll, he'll arch his back, he'll throw his head, he'll, he'll, he'll pirouette. Um, but these aren't just meaningless sort of you know points of choreography these are all so perfectly aligned to what an audience's heart is feeling when they listen to the song um and you can see he's 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 in that moment and he's 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 there and the audience can see he's in that moment whether it's a video or whether it's live you know um so yeah and and because he was doing that so often you know so many shots of freddie look iconographic because you can see he's, 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 he's doing more than just throwing a pose. I mean, he is throwing a pose. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Rock stars throw poses. It's part of their job, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't want to get that bit, you know, I don't want to blow that out of the water. He's throwing poses, but the way he's throwing poses and the energy that it's captured and, and the fact that it can be distilled into a still image and, and so often become iconographic. Um, means that he was channeling a lot, you know, he was, he was channeling the music and, 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 and emotion to, to a really high level. Um, so yeah, it's a pleasure to do. It's a pleasure to do on stage. Um, I come from an, an acting background and an improvisational background as well as dance and, and music too. So that all helps. Um, but essentially, um, you've got to bring a lot of love to the stage. You've got to love what you do. Um, and I love what I do. Um, and I feel really lucky supremely lucky to be able to do this as a job um because it feels like i'm playing 
You know, and Freddie always <laughs> felt like he was playing on stage. He felt like he was having a ball and just having a laugh. And do you know what? I, there's a huge responsibility. I agree. Stepping into the shoes of Freddie Mercury is an insane thing to do. But I do. I find myself doing it. And do you know what? I love it. And it feels like I'm having a ball. It feels like I'm playing every night when I go on stage. You know, uh, it doesn't matter, you know, how you feel off stage, if you're tired or if you're ecstatic or whatever your feelings are off stage, they're entirely irrelevant to when you step on stage. Um, because you've got, the, you've got, again, the, 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 the bedrock of these songs, you know, um, and these songs feed you, you know, they feed you everything you're ever going to need as a performer um, uh, in terms of, you know, drawing energy and inspiration and, and performance from it, you know, so it's fresh every night. It's, it's, you know, I, I'm never quite sure what I'm going to do <laughs> out there. Some things, you know, <laughs> but that's what I love about it. You know, I've done this for, for a long time now. And, um, you know, what I love about it is the fact that you, you, it's as fresh as you want it to be. You know, it's, 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 it's there for the taking, you know, it's brilliant. And, and the audience want you to succeed. The audience don't want to have a, you know, you know, uh, you know, they don't, no one wants to see a crisis of confidence on stage. They want to see confidence on stage. You right. Know? So, um, that's, that's 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 a given they want you to succeed and they've got they want to hear their favorite songs you know there's so much positivity in the room before you even put your foot on stage you know um that all you've got to do is meet it with your own and and your sense of fun as well as the craft of what you've learned to do and this that and the other you know but you know in, in some ways you, you you work and you work and you practice and you practice and you practice so you can forget all that and just be on stage do you know what i mean yeah um and that's 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 the fun and i think that's what freddie mercury was that you he you never felt he was just turning, phoning a performance in. You felt he was being with you, with you that night on stage, with you and you are the whole crowd. You aren't just you anymore. You're part of something huge and you're part of something huge that involves Queen and you're, you're a biggest part of that as they are. You know, it's very almost egalitarian, a song. People regard songs like We Are The Champions as, 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 um, as, uh, as kind of arrogant or something like that. That only depends on who the we is, you know? It's not arrogant if we include everyone in the room, mm -hmm. you know, if, if, if then it becomes collective and then it becomes beautiful and then it becomes empowering. It's only we if it's just you're talking about me and your best pal, you know, right. <laughs> hey, <we're, laughs> yeah. if it's just me, me and him, me, <laughs> we're amazing, you know, little self-serving <laughs> hey, there, right? Out, yeah, you right. know, but if that we involves everybody then it's not that. It's a song, because if you listen to the verse of those songs, it's about someone that didn't have the best of times, that, you know, that stood up to, you know, the person that kicked sand in their face, you know, and no better roses, you know. And it's about empowering. And so, and that we is everybody. So whether, when we sing We Are The Champions at the end of the song, the whole crowd is singing it. We're singing it collectively together. And that's so powerful, you know. You know, that's why sporting, he, he, Freddie said he was writing about, thinking about football when he wrote it. He wanted something to unite an audience. So, he did. I mean, mission successful. <laughs> right. Same with We Were Rock, you know. See, they, they kind of came together, those songs, you know. Mm -hmm. one, one was Brian's and one was Freddie, but they sort of almost like they were, it's almost like Lennon and McCartney at that point, Penny Lane and Strawberry Fields, you know. I always think it's the same with We Were Rocky and We Were the Champions, those two songs kind of, you know, birthed together, but inspired by each other in some way. That's an interesting point. Uh, you mentioned um, that, that you get to play every night on these shows. Oh. It, and you got three other folks behind you, too, and to the side of yeah. you doing that. Describe the other three We're guys. We're all messing about together. Yeah. 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 Um, the, the other guys are fantastic. We've got uh, uh, John on drums, who's just, just, uh, just, a, just he, he just makes everything sound huge. I don't know how he does it. He just has to pick up a, anything he hits sounds like, you know, uh, an aircraft taking off. He's <laughs> amazing. 
And Simon on guitar um, is, is just one of the best guitarists I've ever worked with. Um, he's so good, and he's got such a great singing voice as well. They all sing, but Simon's voice is, is just beautiful. He covers a lot of the really high stuff uh, on the BBs, so that's always quite handy as well. Um, but yeah, he's great, and he's very dynamic as a performer too. Um, and then Brad on bass, he's, he's just so solid, so musical. He's got, like John Deacon actually, he's got quite a, a diverse range of his own musical interests, which is sort of very full, full you know, and very much wider than, than, than what you see him play on stage. Um, so I think everyone brings their own sense of musicality to the table. I mean, I studied uh, classical guitar and piano too, so you know, I've got a, a fairly strong musical background, as well as rock and roll. I was in bands and stuff. So um, I think we've all been playing a long time together. We feel, it feels very comfortable, and it's great being back together. Um, mm-hmm. So we can, you know, you know, it, I think we it, we get a real sense of belonging. We're on we're on stage. You know, it's where we should be. What's the band's approach to recreating the music? Some I know will, if like a tribute band, or even some of like the originals. Like I know Paul McCartney always strives to accurately recreate the songs as people remember them. Do you guys go for yeah. accuracy? Is it spirit? Is there is there is a genre? It's a, like, it's a little. Yeah, I know what you're saying. There is a there's a weird line to cross i think queen now are a lot more faithful to their records they they change things up you know they they mess around with things but i think they've got a lot more people on stage um so they can they can get closer to the arrangements um i think that's sort of i think people want to be able to recognize what they're hearing um but they want to know that it's it's gonna it's 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 there and in the moment for that night so there's a sense of it could change or how we're going to do this or there's a sense of drama and expect uh, expectation about a song so it's not just performing by rote you know um and i think a good a good a good band that's doing what we do and and creating that atmosphere needs to create atmosphere with those songs and have a sense of you know, uh, voyage into the unknown, you know, about it, you know, and a sense of element of danger and this, that, and the other, but at the same time, a sense of recognizability. You know, you need, you need to straddle both of them, really, I think, to make it work. Last question for you. What is your favorite song to perform? Well, I guess that's, that swaps around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, it, it would be crazy if your favorite song was the same song every time. Currently, my favorite song to perform is Save Me. Um... Because I was, I mentioned this the other day. Actually, yeah, there's 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 a great feeling when you're in a band. Sometimes you just feel so great just because you're in a band. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you you're on stage, and there's a certain song that makes you think, "Hey, I just it's, isn't it great being in a band?" <laughs> right. <laughs> I think it's to do with the, the dynamics of the song. It's to do with it's to do with the fact it goes places. You know, it starts off very tender and. And, and softly spoken and then becomes extraordinary and then and it moves to this you know very sort of tortured climax you know and and it's supposed to be a sad song okay save me you know it's kind of kind of fairly sort of maudlin lyrics you know they're sort of you know but to, but i can't help but feel totally over the moon when i play it because it's because it's such good fun being in a band right <laughs> and it's one of those songs that for me you know makes me think oh you know i'm really lucky i can do this you know when you're a kid, you wonder, you, you watch music shows and you see people in a band and they, they laugh and they grin at each other. And you think, yeah, that looks like a good job, you know. And then everyone on stage is laughing and clapping at them. You think, yeah, that looks like an even better job. What's wrong with this job? This is great. Why doesn't everybody want to be a rock star? I wonder what it feels like. And certain times when you're playing songs, with certain songs, and for me at the moment, that song is Save Me. You think, oh, yeah, this is what it feels like. And it feels excellent. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. Nice. It feels good. I'll have some more of this, please.
Mm, well, so, yeah, that's my favorite. The, the, you, you get to live a you get to live an awesome life right now. That that is great. You get to do this. Um, this has been a blast chatting about this and oh, deep, deep diving Queen music. This is this is absolutely great. Patrick Myers of Killer Queen, March thirtieth, Pablo Center at the Confluence in Eau Claire. Going to be a great show. Um, welcome to the to the Chippewa Valley. You'll have a fun time while you're here. Have fun on the tour with the group. All the best, and thanks yeah. for taking time to chat today, Patrick. It's been a pleasure, Luke. I probably could have kept talking about Queen stuff with him for another hour or so. It's the thing with folks in tribute bands. They're sometimes the best people to talk about when you want to talk about a particular artist. Because it's their job to know that artist, that group, inside and out. To recreate the essence of that musical act. And could have deep dove a whole lot more into Queen. That was a great interview with Patrick Myers of Killer Queen. Again, the performance here in Eau Claire, March 30th, Pablo Center at the Confluence. They're in a whole lot of other places as well. You can keep up with what they're doing at their website, KillerQueenOnline.com. That's KillerQueenOnline.com. They're also on social media as well. This is the latest edition of Got Time for a Quick Story. Thanks, as always, to my employer, Greatest Hits 98.1 Radio in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, for providing the facilities to do these interviews. You can also listen to and, in some cases, watch these interviews at greatesthits981.com. Get over to our YouTube channel and check them out there. And also thanks to Chipster PR uh, for helping to set this up. Jen Farhood for helping to arrange this particular interview. You can follow this podcast as well. A lot of the usual podcast platforms. Look for Got Time for a Quick Story. Subscribe to find uh, the new episodes when they arrive and also uh, rate it, preferably higher, to spread the word around even more. Got Time for a Quick Story. I'm Luke Anthony.